And welcome to another episode that, of the Soul Twilio Podcast by Webster uh, Style. Where we talk about bow ties, comic Ooh, books, I'm, I'm, and everything I'm in between. I'm right. your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more time. Of course, let's jump right into it with the download. Now, this week's download is one that wasn't on my radar, but after looking at the game releases for the week and talking about them with my man Brian Saff over the NRW checkpoint for this week's show, which is out now at the time of this recording, I was intrigued by the game Aiden Chronicle Rising. Now, this is an RPG, an action RPG that is actually a side story to a mainline big budget rpg the iodian chronicle rising which is excuse me 100 years war which is coming out next year for the xbox series systems as well as ps5 so this is something i don't see game companies doing often with these side stories that actually are going to connect to the mainline game so i'm like okay this looks interesting the art style itself is that beautiful 2.2.5d art style which is really all the quote-unquote rage nowadays when it comes to these rpgs but more importantly for me for even wanting to try it out i mean i love rpgs i've never been a humongous action rpg fan so i figured this would be a good good game to really get into Especially center one, if you're purchasing it full price, is only $15. And two, it dropped on Game, game Pass day one. So I was like, why not? Let me try it and download it. So Ayudan Chronicle Rising is an action RPG set in the same world as Ayudan Chronicle. So it weaves together the pre-war tales of various characters who will eventually become your companions in Ayudan Chronicle. So you get to know the characters before the hundred years war which is coming out next week uh, playing through the game for a couple hours now and i have to say that i'm enjoying it it's a little tedious but you know most rpgs are are very much about you get a quest you satisfy the quest you get a new quest you build up your level that building up your xp and building up your level at times can be tedious and you know especially in the beginning of many rpgs you don't get a lot of the fun stuff at first because you're really building up your character i really um i've enjoyed playing it wouldn't say it wows me in any way shape or form but it is a game that is very enjoyable and honestly it has been very difficult finding time to play that game considering i'm still playing Trek to yomi and that game is amazing um so if you haven't downloaded that game <laughs> um even though that's not the download week that game is really amazing so it's hard to want to pick up any other game to play until i finish trek to yomi but ayudan chronicle rising has been an enjoyable experience a couple hours i've been playing it so that is why it is my recommendation of the week last week we unfortunately had to talk about the passing of one of the most legendary comic artists of really the golden or the silver age of comics even up till today neil adams neil adams influenced a generation and unfortunately this week we have to talk to someone or talk about someone who i think in my opinion and i think a lot of people's opinions defined uh, modern comics george perez is was an, an artist who who just has iconic stature uh, when it comes to 
the world of, of comic books and with in the industry and with fans alike. He revealed a few months ago that he was suffering from cancer and it was terminal and that he opted not to do the chemo because it really would only give him a couple extra months. So he decided to spend his last days uh, with his family and friends. And at the time of this recording, he ultimately uh, passed away a few days ago. And it's it's sad when as you grow and you see your heroes and those that you look up to and those that you were impacted by pass. And Perez is one of those artists who, who drew everything, but he is best known for his work really helping to create the Teen Titans at DC Comics back in the 80s. Uh, even if you have not ever read a comic book written by George Perez, his iconic cover to Crisis on Infinite Earth, Earths, excuse me, where Superman is holding the lifeless body of Super, Supergirl in his arms is iconic. That image has transcended comics to become this living pop cultural reference that even if you don't know comics, even if you've never read a comic in your life, you have seen that picture or the countless homages that have been done by comic artists over the years. And not just Teen Titans. He is synonymous with drawing Marvel's The Avengers. And this this is just the tip of the iceberg of what George Perez did in his career. But for me as a as a kid who I didn't get into comics until early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. But going back and seeing those Teen Titan runs, reading Chrysler and reading those Avengers books. There are many artists that are very talented in new comics. Very few are just special. The way George Perez told the story through his artwork was just special. And I know we all get old. I know we all pass away and depending on what you believe, move on to the next plane of existence. But for those of us that are left behind, it's always sad when the bright lights in the world leave us. And George Perez and what he contributed to the comics world and just the world in general was a bright light and, and still is because his his work will remain with us as long as we have the printed page, as long as we have services like Comicsology. Can't talk today. Um, we, we have that piece of him and I'm so grateful that he was able to share his talents with us for as long as he did. So thank you, George Perez. His family may never hear this, but I wish them well and I wish them comfort in this time of loss. And thank you for sharing him with us, with the world. And if you are not familiar with the artwork and the talents of George Perez, I advise you definitely look it up, look him up and read some comics because comics are amazing but the work he did and the books he worked on are just something special now getting into the short takes it's hard to transition from that but uh, we got the release of a long awaited sequel this week with the release of Avatar the Way of Water trailer Avatar the original one came out in 2009 and was the number one grossing movie of all time I believe James Cameron is the only director who can say 
that they have had two movies at one time be the highest grossing movie of all time. Maybe George Lucas. I'm not sure about the Star Wars um, prequels, but yeah, yeah, Spielberg only had Jurassic Park. I'm just thinking in my head. So James Cameron's the only one. And if you were around in 2009, you know Avatar was and still is amazing. But what really made it amazing was that immersive 3D technology and how going to the theater and seeing the 3D, it was it was an experience. And many movies tried to replicate that afterwards, and they all failed. Watching Avatar The Way of Water, I got that warm and fuzzy again. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And in the 13 years since the release of the original, you can definitely see the upgrades in the technology and how just flawless the generated characters look compared to real world backgrounds. It's absolutely amazing. It's definitely something that I want to see, but I only want to see it in 3D. It's weird. It's Avatar is a movie. Let's be real about it. Avatar is a beautiful movie. Avatar is a movie that has a pretty good I say pretty good. It has a generic plot. It's a generic plot that touches on a lot of points, a lot of pain points of indigenous peoples and indigenous stories and plights. We all understand that. And I'm pretty sure Way of the Water will be another allegory for indigenous people and um, being with nature and so on and so forth. I get that. I think those stories are great. Not exactly um, Schindler's List or, you know, deep movies like that. But it is an enjoyable movie. However, Avatar was an experience. And if The Way of the Water isn't an experience like the original, I'll wait until it comes on Disney Plus after it releases that 45-day window. Looks beautiful, but unless it's 3D, unless it's an experience like the first one, I don't see me rushing out to the theater to go see it. And that's just that's real talk on that one. So that's my take on Avatar The Way of, the wa- way of Water. Excuse me. Now, sticking with Disney... Let's talk about the updated trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is coming out later this month. Let me tell you, as much as I've liked The Mandalorian, what I've watched, and haven't gotten into the book of Boba Fett uh, at all, I've heard good things, except for mixed things about it. Obi-Wan Kenobi is a series I've always wanted. For those of us that grew up who, where we just had episodes four, five, and six, I think this is the story that we all wanted. Um, Rogue One is a beautiful, amazing movie. And frankly, it's the best Star Wars movie that Disney put out. Real talk. However, while it was good, nobody cared how the Rebels got the plans. Nobody wanted to see a movie about that. We want to know what was Obi-Wan doing on Tatooine all those years while Luke was growing up. Now, we're finally getting some of the answer with the release of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series on Disney+. And let me tell you, I am so happy that Ian McGregor's back. I am so happy that Joe Egerton is back as Uncle Owen. I mean, I, I love the fact that they are having these callbacks, having these original actors from the prequels be there. It just, this series just looks badass. And what I'm hoping is that this series gives Hayden Christensen some redemption in playing Anakin slash Darth Vader. Because he really did, he got a shit job um handed to him with the prequels 
and look no disrespect to george lucas but the writing directing of those movies weren't the strongest and hayden did what he could with it arguably episode three is his strongest film and his strongest take at that but i i want to see more of him and i hope that this series gives him some redemption as playing this character where he is not universally panned because of his performances in those prequel movies so that's what i'm looking forward to most of all from this series but i can't wait i will definitely be watching this and talking about this on the show now moving from a galaxy far far away to the urban jungle of dakota let's talk about the long box and some new comics came out ladies and gentlemen and this week i literally had to call my man troy like troy troy is it in he's like it's in i got one waiting for you i literally left my house in the middle of a work day and went to pick up this comic that i've been waiting for for oh so long and what comic is it you may ask blood syndicate season one number one now of the original milestone run i always say that blood syndicate and icon were my favorites i i am always upset because when it comes to team-based books and i talked about george perez and how he is known for teen titans and avengers but when it comes to teen Based, team based book not just teen Blood Syndicate is never talked about and for and I forget the writers of the original uh, series but for a book to juggle that many characters to tell so many stories and to emote so much emotion and depth from these characters in such a large ensemble was nothing short of amazing and it's something that many books till this day cannot do so i was absolutely excited when they said blood syndicate was coming back with this new relaunch of milestone and even more so the fact that it was coming back with the original series artist crisscross i was like fangirling out i've always loved his work and he's uh been back with milestone doing some of the other books as well but blood syndicate Season one, number one, came out this week, written by Jeffrey Thorne, art by Criss Cross, letters, excuse me, inks by Juan Castro, and colors by Will Quintana. I like how they have Wise Son and Tech Nine coming back from this war in Iraq, Chirac, um, I forget the exact country name, back to Dakota after the events of the Big Bang. And now Icon and Rocket are commonplace and they're getting a rundown, but also you see Holocaust is Holocaust. And now that Icon and Rocket have taken out all of the uh, Italians and all of the mob and organized crime, Icon, excuse me, Holocaust has formed the vacuum on the streets of Dakota. And they are, they as in Technon and Y Son are thrust into it. But one of the things I love, and this may be weird considering other conversations I've had on this podcast in the past couple weeks, my favorite character from the original series, well, one of, was Fade. Fade is a character who, his powers are similar to Shadowcat. Um, but in the original series, he dealt with staying solid. He was always translucent, almost like a ghost. And it was it became very much a struggle for him to remain solid, remain human 
But more importantly than that and that struggle, Fade was gay. And I loved how that book tackled him dealing with his homosexuality, his dealing with being who he was. And this is in the 90s. when It's almost 30 years since the original Blessing that came out. So we have changed a lot as a society, but some things remain the same. So for me, there are a lot of characters I'm looking forward to seeing. I saw the, some of the very covers. They were Aquamarina, and I'm, I'm waiting to see Brickhouse and, 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 and Technique and all of them. But I'm waiting to see how they write Fade's story. Because I think that in this day and age, with a lot of our political discourse, uh, with a lot of our changes in acceptance in society of everyone, I'm really excited to see how his story evolves in the context of the larger Blood Syndicate story. Especially also, too, between him and then DMZ, this alien who's just here, who becomes part of this gang and doesn't speak. Blood Syndicate was such a wonderful series, and I am so excited uh, for this. And this first issue really does a nice job of setting the table with the main, uh, really, Wise Son and Tech Nine, as far as really how they are eventually going to battle for control. Maybe, I don't know. But you see their dynamic, you see their conflict, but you see that they are brothers. Uh, from the neighborhood but also brothers in arms from this war so i am very much looking forward to seeing how this series plays out i mean probably more excited than the series i've read in a very long time but if you have not picked up blood syndicate season one number one definitely pick it up and also i think the icon hardcover is coming out uh, shortly well shortly as in august is may at this point in time but i'm looking forward to that too because that wasn't up on my icon you know, life gets in the way sometimes. But yeah, definitely check out Blood Syndicate Season 1, Number 1. All right, now let's get into Halo. So the most recent episode of Halo dropped. Season 1, Episode 8. And I believe there are only nine episodes in this season. Which is disappointing because this episode built on the travesty that was the last episode. Actually, no, the last episode was all a Quan-focused episode, which I am... I don't know how that's going to play into the larger universe, uh, but this episode... All I can say is Halsey's evil. Halsey's one of... Halsey would be in another series, The Evil Mad Sciences with a Maniacal Laugh. She just doesn't care about anybody or anything except for what she thinks has to happen. I am glad that the revelation about Marquis finally came out. Um, I did enjoy the Spartan on Spartan action that what that happened and I mean fighting and I don't mean any other action I'll get to that later I enjoyed that uh Halsey made this episode for me uh her uh, scrupulous or unscrupulousness when it comes to getting what she wants made really redeem the episode for me it made her in my opinion into a proper villain of the series more so than the covenant even though the covenant glassed the whole planet that we saw in the beginning can we please get to the fall of reach i want this oh man i want this to be done i want us to move off of reach and this political bullshit um and hoity-toity feeling shit when it comes to Halo and Master Chief got laid, okay? Master Chief and Marquis did it. Why? Why 343? Why Spielberg? Why? You could have had the same results without having them fucking. And no, we didn't see them, but 
this Master Chief is so out of character for what I've seen in the past 20 years. Like it started off okay, but these these last couple episodes with him and this character, his what this character has done, it's just it's not something I can get behind. The only redeeming quality of Master Chief is Cortana, and Jen hearing Jen Taylor as Cortana just gives me the giggles, and I don't mean giggles as in it's funny, giggles as in like the warm fuzzies inside. That okay, this is still Halo, because I have to remember that this is still Halo sometimes with the way this is gone. I understand budget concerns. I understand they're making something different for TV. But when you change characters this fundamentally, it it starts to... Like, I could take a little bit. But this is starting to weigh on me. And I am happy that next episode is the last one. But we really need to get rid of Reach. We, we need to have a method where we leave all this backstory behind. And the fall of Reach is what I see is happening and clearly this isn't going to happen this episode or this season but i did like the fact that marquis and her slaughtering that ship was revealed um i did like the parallels of her experiences once she was revealed with those of her childhood and how she now has reaffirming and reminding her of her disdain for humanity and why she was with the covenant I like those like there are things to like in the series it's just that there's certain things that just are so out of place in halo halo isn't bad it's not great it started off good it never got great and now it's just okay so and this is for somebody who's played the games you you may not think the same but that's my take on halo we're going to take a break and come back with the bright spot of the week star trek strange new worlds and we are back and let's get into star trek strange new worlds my current favorite series and episode two did not disappoint man one of the things i talked about last week was that the episodic nature of this series will give the writers a chance really to spotlight individual characters on the show a bit better and i was absolutely right because this episode focused a lot around Cadet Uhura, played by Cecilia, excuse me, Celia Rose Gooding. Um, I have to say, I am really enjoying her take on the character. With Uhura at this point being a cadet, you get that youthfulness, you get that playfulness. She's, she's this plucky cadet, and she plays this character so well, but we got a lot of Uhura's backstory her tragic backstory of losing her parents and why she wants a Starfleet and Rose Golding is it Golding? Gooding I'm saying this woman's name on my apologies really emotes that loss that indecision of not just her life but of her youth of of trying to figure out where she belongs and you know Starfleet being what she ended up doing because of her love of language and learning language but not knowing if this is where she's really going to stay i thought that was brilliant and excellent i love the interaction between her and spock i will tell you this i i say it again i'll probably say it a lot during the course of this talking about strange new worlds i did not watch discovery so i don't have much experience with ethan peck as spock 
I absolutely love Ethan Peck as Spock. He is literally number two Spock. He is no disrespect to Zachary Quinto. He's so much better as Spock. Uh, and I know he is the same Spock as Lennon Nimoy instead of something different, but he is he is a really good Spock, and I love that dynamic. I love Spock's dynamic when there's Chapel as well. I'm very interested to see how that plays out over the course of the episode, excuse me, of the season. But with this episode, with this comment and talking about fate, even though these episodes are not serialized, you still have that running sort of subcurrent of Pike in his death and that being constantly on his mind. So even in this episode where we dealt with this comment, we dealt with the shepherds and talking about fate and predestination, it was still very much related to Pike in his story. I loved how all of that was tied in together in this episode. I like how various crew members got a chance to shine, like Ortega, she got a chance to shine in two or three episodes, two or three segments here, as well as even though Samuel Kirk, who is Kirk's brother, uh, he was pretty much incapacitated most of the episode. He played a key role as well. Um, also, Lieutenant Liang Noonan Soon. Uh, she, her demeanor is. I'm interested to see how this no nonsense demeanor really plays out over the course of the series. Uh, but yeah, my take on this episode of Strange New Worlds that is fucking phenomenal. Uh, this I have yearned for just light-hearted classic sci-fi for so long and they are delivering on all cylinders and it's it's refreshing to just really sit down and enjoy a show watch it enjoy it and just love it and i'm really loving this show so that's my take on star trek strange new world so this is uh going into the sartorial slice and I don't know why, because I don't feel like this person was controversial, especially if you sat down and listened to conversations and what was said. Uh, but we had another death unexpectedly of he wasn't a relationship expert. He was a, a YouTuber. He was a marketing salesman. He was a style guy. And he spoke his opinion and he let other people speak theirs. And he, he, he told you how he felt. In this case, uh, Kevin Samuels passed away. And it's interesting because many people... At least for me in my background, like you watch Kevin Samuels, like, yeah, I actually enjoy this program. But I actually started watching Kevin Samuels way back in 2017, 2018, before the evolution of what he became, because he did fragrances as in style. And for me, searching YouTube at the time to learn about fragrances, to get more into style, there weren't a lot of brothers that were doing it. And he was one of them. He wasn't the best at it by far. But he was one of the few. So I watched him then. I watched him when he talked to men. I watched him when his platform shifted and he had the ladies call in. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed their perspective. And whether you like them or not, a lot of his opinions and viewpoints are what men talk about or what men look for. A lot of us, some of us, uh, when it comes to women. No, I'm not dating. I haven't been dating for a very long time. I am not in that world, and I have no idea what it's like. But from what I understand, a lot of conversations that are had are not too dissimilar from what regular people, my friends and family, go through on a male and female. 
uh, when it comes to trying to find that. So I will say rest in peace to him. He was a stylish guy. Uh, he was a fragrant guy. And I find it interesting. I had two separate conversations this week uh, with regards to his passing, one with my spouse, one with a, a female friend of mine. And just even speaking to them, it was about listening and hearing what somebody says instead of taking what you think is a clip and making your opinion off of that. I had a conversation with my wife about one of the last things his shows talked about leftover women and after he passed it was a whole lot of hubbub about a clip about him talking about women between xyz age or leftover women and i said to my wife don't you remember that special we watched that documentary years ago about that in china that was what the argument was framed off of that's where the conversation came from and when my wife heard that she's like oh she understood she understood the context she understood why that term was used because of where it came from when you have an understanding of, of the background things don't sound the same and then many of the arguments i heard was talking about the messenger and i was talking to my friend and my friend she said she agreed 100 percent with everything he said well maybe not everything but most of it and even she said i just don't like his tone or the way he delivered and i said who's the right messenger for a message that people don't want to hear I am not the right messenger. I can't sit here and say this is what men want. I haven't been dating in 15 years. Nobody's the right messenger for a message that people don't want to hear, people don't want to accept. If you agree with his message or not, he had a message and, and certainly had a visceral reaction to it. And with his passing, this is a, I wanted to lead into something that I'm dealing with and looking at the demographics of uh, my listenership, a lot of you are dealing with, and that's going gray one of the things i've noticed recently especially in the past couple months is that that salt and pepper beard is coming in now i've always been one that's had gray hair in my head not a lot but just a little obviously it's becoming more pronounced as i get older but i am noticing it more and more in my beard and i'm absolutely loving it. i can't foresee myself dyeing my gray hair i i think it's a sign of uh, maturity and privilege to have lived this long to get gray hair. Uh, those are just my personal thoughts. No big style update here, but I just think that going gray is a natural process. And I think that uh, for us men could be a very uh, sexy process as well. Speaking of sexy, let's get into the fragrance of the Now this week's fragrance is Tux by Signature Sense by Hand. Now for this particular one, uh, they do have a smaller size that's about 12 bucks, I believe, a travel size. But I'm only highlighting the 50 ml EDP. And currently, right now, the time of this recording, it is on sale for $32.09. Uh, so if you like what I'm talking about, links in the show notes, so pick it up. With this one, you can find top notes of water lily, tangerine, lily, mimosa, citrus basil, and grapefruit. The middle notes, you can find mint, green apple, lemon, tonka bean, Shushan pepper and ambroxan and then with the base you're going to get oak moss cedar heliotrope sandalwood vanilla and reggio bergamot so this is one that i enjoyed i actually purchased this or travel sizes for my in-laws for christmas and they absolutely loved it it is described as a it's uh with citrus fruits for freshness an invigorating bouquet of herbs a hint of pepper and vetiver for the sensual touch seduction excuse me sensual touch seduce 
Tux is an inviting, fresh, classic fragrance. And I will say it has has that ambroxan, so it has that that uh, molecule that's all pleasing to the olfactory senses. It, it does have that kind of spicy, floral, citrusy opening, uh, which I really enjoyed. The heliotrope, I think, in many respects, takes center stage with the base. Uh, I like how it's compounded with vanilla and the bergamot. You get that oak moss, and I don't get too much of the woodiness in the cedar, at least when I smelled it. Um, excuse me, that's with the uh, yeah base. And with the middle, I absolutely love, I'm, I'm such a sucker for tonka bean. And again, that pepper again uh, and the with the ambroxan just really gives a very aromatic, crowd-pleasing fragrance. So that's my take on Tux by Signature Sensor. They're also vegan. Everything's handmade and it's black-owned, woman-owned as well. So definitely uh, check them out. So I'm not wearing Tux today, but I'm wearing a classic, which I don't know, people talk about it's overhyped. I, I think it's a very serviceable fragrance. In this case, it is Individual, my Mont Blanc. And this is one I always say, and I think I got this from Jeremy Fragrance. It's like a raspberry dryer sheet, and that's what it really kind of feels like. It has a, a fruity freshness to it. It is a little bit heavy with some of the chocolate notes and other notes that are there. Uh, it's very well suited for the winter, but I love wearing it in the spring. It's something about the, the, the rich freshness of it that really just goes well with these crisp and then light warm lightly warm spring days so i really enjoy wearing it during the spring it's one of those ones where i have to stop myself from reaching for it because i will really run through the whole bottle i've been keeping this bottle for a while as well so that's my fragrance of the day mont blanc individual speaking of fragrances i've talked to you about our sponsor pete and pedro before well they have a brand new fragrance in their fragrance line in this case, the fragrance is legend and is inspired by none other than Tom Ford's fucking fabulous. This fragrance, legend, goes along with the others in the line. Villain, inspired by Tom Ford's tobacco, vanilla, king, inspired by Creed's green Irish tweed, rebel, inspired by Creed's Aventus, and then hero, inspired by Aqua de Jo. Now, one of the great things I love about these fragrances is that personally, they are great uh analogs of their what they're inspired by but they have those tweaks to make them stand apart by themselves one two they're all edp concentration so they're all very strong you don't have to spray a lot and the 50 ml bottle you can purchase will last you a while and then three they all are just 49 bucks for a 50 ml bottle that's less than a dollar a milliliter you are not going to find deals like that too often when it comes to quality fragrances so if you're interested in picking up one of the pete and pedro fragrances or anything from their um, hair care or growing uh, men's care line i should say uh, be sure to use the checkout code ehawks10 for 10 percent off your purchase or use the link in the show notes as well thank you very much and i appreciate your help for that and with that we've come to the close of another show don't forget you can check me out weekly on Nerds Rule the World on YouTube with the NRW Checkpoint. You're going to be seeing a lot of me and Brian Saf uh, this week as we have a whole lot of content. We're on the new release, uh, 
we're on the proper NRW show. We've also done a slew of reactions in addition to the NRW checkpoint. So if you like seeing my smiling, bearded face and deep voice, be sure to check out all the videos on Nerds Real World, particularly the NRW checkpoint. As always, you can find me on social media at Instagram or on Instagram at Webster Style and Esoterian Geek, on Twitter at Webster Style, and then on TikTok at underscore Webster Style. Also, don't forget, find all things Webster Style at WebsterStyle.com and any emails, comments, anything like that. Just want to reach out and say, hey, feel free to email me at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. And again, I thank you for listening. I thank you for rocking with me. And remember, stay safe out there and be Strong, we can lift him to the sky. The party starts to twirl. Get we it. got a little time, hey. time, time hey. to get hey. it on. Get and no fact, I'm the type of person on. And after that, take a picture with the phone of the outfit. I'm met, I'm choosing what we on. Now it was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear... Oh, I miss million them heels killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp. They acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday. Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. Smoking hot, rocking this pencil, thin tie, hair line, looking like a stencil, pimp, no lie, I'm sharper than a utensil, instrumental, plain dang, homie, I was hoping we could walk out with that bang, bang, honey, see them plain James, honey, them lame friends, honey, we tell if it crazy like that thing came on me, hey, mommy, look a lady, main thing, want me on the scene, fit, popping like a main vein, running blood, color, lips, smashing with the hand, clutch money, holding bag, kind of funny, can you tell me what's the price I got the range, Rover, Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a lip like an ankle sprained on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan. She don't really want me because one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. On the floor, pal, and no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes. Oh, you want to? Oh, I completely read that wrong.